Jun, buy silver swan soy sauce from the Tessie Sari Sari store quick. I'm making adobo. So annoying. Just as when it's getting thrilling. Jun Jun! Ah, okay ma, okay ma. I'll, I'll go at the commercial break. Ayah. You ah, you're fooling me ah. You think I don't know you're watching Netflix? They don't have commercials. Banana cuties! So, it's almost the end of the year. Usually, at around this time, people would be listing down all the highlights of their year, including what their biggest accomplishments were. But, I think for a lot of people this year, that would just be a long list of shows that they finished. Yes, that's right. As governments all over the world impose strict COVID-19 lockdown procedures, people turn to their television sets, mobile phones, and Nintendo Switches for entertainment. Everybody got bored, so that's why we look for entertainment options. But there's one source of entertainment that has been positively trending in the past decade and has since exploded because of the pandemic. And of course, I'm referring to subscription-based streaming. Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, and we also have Disney+, Plus, which has recently been introduced. Now, seriously, if you haven't heard of these digital platforms, you must be living under a rock, right? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and I have a little bit of trivia D for Netflix. Go ahead. So in 2019, Netflix made 28 million new subscribers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of people, right? And because of the pandemic in 2020, just in a span of six months, from January to June, they already made 26 million subscribers. Wow, okay. So they almost breached the one-year new subscribers in 2019, just in a span of six months. Yeah. Now, as of October 2020, Netflix has 195 million paid subscriptions all over the world. And 73 million of that is coming from the U.S. Now, if you compare 73 million U.S. subscribers with the number of households, which is 126 million, that's about 58% of households in the U.S. have a Netflix subscription. So it's more than half. Interesting. But if I think about it, each paid subscription in Netflix doesn't mean it's just one user because the premium plan, I think, can go up to as many as four viewers, right? Uh, yeah. So it is indeed like if we look at it 73 million subscribers now if a big portion of that is premium plans then the number of people actively watching netflix shows is potentially a lot higher than that so in this episode we will be talking about shows we watched and enjoyed during this pandemic so d what have you watched yeah okay so we are going to divide this by category and the first category we will discuss is what we call the comedy or the light stuff this means these are shows that are perfect to watch after you've had a very stressful day and you just cannot deal with more drama and now that i mentioned that isn't that what most of 2020 was like so i guess that's why this is my favorite category this year <laughs> <laughs> so on amazon prime video, I like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as well as Parks and Recreation. And then on Netflix, I like 
Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Good Place, and Emily in Paris that was one of the popular bingeable news shows this year. However, my pick for 2020 is Community. This is actually an old show, but it dropped on Netflix just this year. So it became really popular this year because of that. There are hilarious episodes that are usually parodies of other films, like A Fistful of Paintballs, which parodies Western action flicks. So fun fact, that episode was actually directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, the ones who directed a few very important films in MCU. You know, MCU, in case you don't know, is Marvel Cinematic Universe. Universe. Mm. When the MCU head honcho saw that episode, he was so impressed with their work that he gave them the job of directing Captain America Winter Soldier. Wow. And eventually was so impressed with their job there as well that he gave them the job of directing Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. I highly recommend watching even, you know, just this episode. It's on season two, episode 22. I haven't seen oh, an episode of Community, so now I'm excited to check that out. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. From a TV show and then directing an action Avengers. film, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And not just any action film. It's the Avengers. Like, yes, the biggest Endgame. action film of the decade. Oh. Okay, so how about you? What are the comedy or light stuff that you enjoyed this year? Yeah, I enjoy a lot of light stuff as well. But I always tend to go back to the classics like mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory, Friends. And there's also this show recently in Netflix called Lucifer that I really enjoyed as well. And then there's Doc Martin. It's very light. You don't have to think about it. You just sit on a couch and enjoy. But my pick for 2020 is Cobra Kai. You've heard of this? Of course. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a TV series based on the late 80s, early 90s Karate Kid film series. But this Cobra Kai, it's set 34 years after the original film. Mm -hmm. And then it's re-examining the story based on the perspective of the antagonist, Johnny Lawrence, played by William Zabka. (laughs) And and so it's it's a really interesting story. Originally, this was showed via YouTube Red, the YouTube premium service. Mm -hmm. But in June 2020, the rights were bought by Netflix. That's why it's available in Netflix now. And that's why it blew up this year again, similar to Community. Yes. Now, this scenario of William Zabka as the real Karate Kid was mentioned in a popular TV series as well, How I Met Your Mother. You can see that in Season 8, Episode 22. Now, the creators of Cobra Kai categorically denies that they were influenced by what Barney Stinson mentioned. That really? Oh, okay. William Zabka <laughs> is the real Karate Kid. But they say... Air quotes, inspired, not influenced. They are inspired by the episode. (laughs) But having seen both, it's hard to believe that they didn't get the idea from there. Because, yeah, it's exactly what Barney said, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you haven't watched How I Met Your Mother, you can watch this one episode and it's really funny. Yeah, and maybe we'll put the links on our description so that, you know, if people want to check it out, they can easily click. We should do that. And you'll be the judge if indeed the Cobra Kai creates. Creators copied Barney Stinson's idea. Tell us. And also, by the way, I just suddenly remembered that that episode not only inspired Cobra Kai, but it also inspired the farewell video that we made for you when you left our common company. I don't know if you still remember that, but it was like, you know, we pulled a prank on you. Oh, sorry, this is spoilery. But anyway, the point is... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm trying to recall. I, I can't remember. Hold on. I'm setting the scene. It was your last mm. day in the office and we normally have lunch together. Mm. And then maybe it was a holiday or something because we had free lunch. We always do that, right? If it's holiday, we have to work. And then you were expecting us to join you at the table. Ah, yes. Yeah, but then I we all now. had to decline for some reason. Like, hey, sorry, I'm busy. And you were starting to get really sad. Like, I don't have any friends after all. Mm-mm. It was my last day. And I remember you were sitting next to Freddy, who was like not really your close friend. You said, So is Freddy my closest friend after all? (laughs) (laughs) But then. (laughs) But then. So there you go. That was actually uh, just a joke, guys. I think I still have the video of that somewhere on my old YouTube account. And you can also put the link there so that people can watch. So, yeah, it, it's like um, what was that? Oh no, I don't, I don't want to say anything that yeah, would spoil yeah, 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 because the, the how yeah, I yeah, met yeah. episode. Yeah, let's let's just stop at that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that's comedy. We we all enjoy a good laugh. There's also these genre of you know heart pumping thriller mystery heist type action pack uh, genre that I really enjoy as well. The list goes Leverage, Castle, House MD as well. Uh, it's similar to Castle where there are mystery but it's more of a medical aspect and then Mentalist. And my favorite is White Collar. Now, White Collar is a story about Neil Caffrey who's a renowned con artist, forger and a thief. He turned a new leaf by helping the FBI, specifically Special Agent Peter Burke catching White <laughs> collar yeah. criminal so I, I like that he uses his skill set he learned as a thief as a con artist and then used that to catch more people like him mysteries are one of my fave genres in books and also in TV shows so I like detective mm. shows so my favorite is Sherlock which actually was recommended by you mm, I really enjoy it but the new ones that I discovered this year are something called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries mm. and then the other one is The Good Gop and I was surprised because it actually stars Josh Groban. No? You mean the The, the singer. singer. Yes. Yeah, and I was saying this guy looks very familiar. Where have I seen him before? And then it's Josh. I didn't recognize him because he didn't have his signature hair. Mm. He doesn't look no, like I that. I forgot how he looks like. So he's the good cop? Yes. Okay. The, that's why it's called that is because he's too by the book. Ah, yeah, okay. but the story is that his father is a bad cop. Ah, I see. I don't know if you can say that, you know, murder is a light show, but... <laughs> <laughs> But this actually falls under that. In that, something can be resolved within an episode. Well, that's fun. I I like those kind of shows. Similar to like CSI. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Like one episode is one distinct story. So that you don't have to take a look back what happened five (laughs) episodes ago. Yeah, and I also don't need to get super invested in everyone's stories and know who the hell is this guy, whatever, you know. Mm. So actually, I kind of like those kinds of series. Because sometimes, even if you've finished everything and then some random days you just want a random episode out of that show then you will appreciate it because it's one episode is enough you don't have to start all the way from episode one yeah i think that's why we probably like comedies as well right because it's like that Mm. like if you just have 20 minutes you can sit down and pick a random episode of how i met your mother and you'll be fine you don't really need to start from scratch yeah like you can actually start anywhere Mm. how i met your mother actually i didn't start from episode one i started from an episode about the best burger in new york (laughs) But I still understood it. That's the beauty of these kinds of shows. And I guess that's why I'm not really much into drama, which is actually our next category. First of all, I think I'm too empathetic a person. Not pathetic. 
M pathetic. <laughs> no, guys, it's M pathetic. That means I have mm-hmm. too much empathy. So if I watch something, I tend to immediately put myself into the shoes of this character on TV. Mm-hmm. If it's drama, then it's too heavy. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. why I never got started on Game of Thrones because I felt like uh, my heart couldn't handle it. I might be like crying yeah. for ages or something. But this year, I did enjoy the crown. They actually just mm-hmm. recently dropped a new season. The Crown is actually about the British royalty. Specifically, it's mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth. It actually starts about her father. He actually wasn't the king supposed to be, but his older brother abdicated the throne. Ooh, and he gave it up why? because he fell in love with a divorcee. And in the past, mm-hmm. if you're the king, you're not allowed to marry a divorcee. When it began, it was Netflix's most expensive show mm-hmm. because of the sets. Like, you know, the gotcha. Buckingham Palace. The costumes the jewelry that they have to acquire <laughs> just to make it realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. must be expensive. In the latest season, they actually have Princess Diana, which is, I oh. think, arguably the most popular royal, right? Mm. I agree with what you said about getting really, really invested in a show because mm-hmm. I remember my mom used to watch this TV series, yeah. dramas in the Philippines, and, and all of a sudden she would become quiet and, you know, she would start crying and then my <laughs> father would get angry. <laughs> We bought a TV to be entertained for us to be happy, but you're crying. <laughs> That's not the intended effect, but yeah. Do you like any drama? I have, I have the same sentiment as you. I'm not really a big fan of drama. So maybe for this category, I also give one. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that heavy of a drama. And it's a show called Suits. So it's an American legal drama about a college dropout, Mike Ross, who starts working as a lawyer associate for a very respectable, good-looking lawyer, <laughs> Harvey Specter. Yeah. Well, despite never having attended law school. So isn't that Ooh. amazing? So he's able to do it because he has a eidetic memory. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's somebody who has photographic memory. Somebody who can remember everything that he has ah, okay, read okay. or seen. So it's it's really interesting to to see and know you know, is it really enough to have photographic memory to become a good lawyer? Well, chances are it's not, right? Because you need a lot of techniques. It needs a lot more skills than just memory. Just knowing the law is not enough for you to become a good lawyer. So it's it's, it's a really good series. Yeah, and by the way, this is actually kind of related to The Crown. Hmm? How? Because... Ah. I know, I know. Okay, why? Why? <laughs> because Mike Ross's girlfriend mm-hmm. in the show eventually became a royalty. Yeah, the actress who played his girlfriend in the show is Meghan Markle. I was gonna Fox? say Meghan Sparkle. <laughs> who is Meghan Sparkle? <laughs> They're somehow maybe loosely related. <laughs> Yes. Maybe let's move on to the next genre, which is sci-fi or fantasy. Snowpiercer, Stranger Things. And then my last recommendation is Witcher. Mm -hmm. And this is based on a very popular Polish book series. And and it's an extremely popular role-playing video game as well. So I I personally played Witcher 3. That's why the story itself has a lot of intricate details, Mm. a lot of backstory. Because the book itself is really created with high imagination and creativity. Yeah, and it stars Henry Cavill, who is... um, Who Who is that again? Oh my god, you don't know... Well, ah, <laughs> uh, Superman. Yes. Yeah, that, that's why. When, when I watched The Witcher, I was like, eh, this guy looks very <laughs> vaguely, strangely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he was Superman. But if I think about that, yeah, what? if he was the real Superman, yeah, he could have finished the story quite, 
<laughs> quickly. <Okay>. Sure. Because <laughs> he can defeat anyone. He's indestructible. I, I, I didn't. I didn't see anyone bringing a kryptonite. So yeah. <laughs> How about you? Did you enjoy any sci-fi, uh, fantasy? Well, on Netflix, I can't remember if they had a new season this year. Maybe not. But Black Mirror is one sci-fi hmm. that I enjoy. It's an anthology series, so you can watch them in any order. I highly recommend skipping the season one episode one. Usually <laughs> turns people off. But hmm. I think for this year, I discovered on Amazon this show called The Boys. It's like what would happen if there are superheroes in real life, but they are owned by corporations. So they're like hmm? celebrities in a way. Oh. So they are like super popular, but they're super fake. Like, you know, imagine Captain America hmm. slash Superman. Like he's hmm. very kind of good boyish. Ah, and like, gotcha, you know, gotcha. he plays to the audience. But actually, hmm. when he turns his back, he's like super evil. Hmm. So in a hmm. similar way to probably how some celebrities or maybe even some politicians would act. I guess it's like a realistic way to look at superheroes. <laughs> when you mentioned they are superheroes that are paid, it reminded me of a song by Parokya ni Edgar, <laughs> Mang Jose. Haya! You know? <laughs> Ang superhero na pwedeng arkilahin. Haya! <laughs> <laughs> Pagkatapos ay bigla kang sisingilin. Manghos! Yes, exactly. So maybe they are kind of like Manghose. But it's very violent though, so I would not recommend that for kids. Maybe it's like Wolverine and Deadpool. It's gory. For the next category, we just broadly defined it as Asian. So it's anything <laughs> that falls under that umbrella. I guess for me, this year would be K-drama. And actually, it's really just this year that I rediscovered K-drama because the last time I watched those, I was not even in Singapore yet. Like maybe over a decade ago. And then, I don't know, I just didn't really follow K-drama much because I'm just lazy in reading subtitles. Mm. But people were super like, highly recommended crash landing on you at the start mm. of this year right it was super duper popular so like okay I finally decided to watch it and it was nice because you know I just realized that it's killing it makes you feel young again and that's what my friends and I said anyway <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, I fell into a rabbit hole of Korean mm. dramas. But I think my favorite would be Reply 1988, which mm. is actually a show that, as the title implies, is a nostalgic look back at the year 1988 in Korea. And it follows the mm. lives of five families living on the same street. So what I like about it is it's not just a love story, but it's more about relationships with families and friends. So mm. it's nice. And also it's nostalgic. It's surprising that even though it was set in Korea, there are a lot of things that are similar to the Philippines. Maybe because we're both in Asia. They actually had houses and they were all neighbors. Mm. The main characters are in fourth year high school in this show. And then they're quite funny. So there's like four boys and one girl. That's like F4. <laughs> yeah. Sanchai and Meteor Garden, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and also there's a bit of a mystery because you know that she will end up with one of the guys but you don't know who. Like how, how do you know? Because at the start, it will show like a future her uh, okay. and then she's saying that she ended up marrying someone in that group so I like that show because it's very heartwarming and also by the way that nostalgia thing inspired me to suggest our nostalgia episode what 90s ah, <laughs> yes the 90s episode yeah 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 and what about you what are your Asian shows for us being in Tokyo we really want to learn Japanese and so one way of learning is watching films and we enjoyed this Tokyo Stories Midnight Diner 
brings a lot of culture in the show mm-hmm. and a lot of animations as well like Sword Art Online Detective Conan and my ultimate favorite animation is Hunter x Hunter Ooh. also there's one interesting animation that is supposed to be in tandem with the Tokyo 2020 Olympics but because it got cancelled oh no uh, yeah it destroyed the message but yeah it's it's a show called Haikyuu it's a volleyball animation oh okay the story and the theme is very similar to Slam Dunk the story is about this guy who has raw talent just needs a lot of polishing ah so and it's very funny very comical so I like it so that's it that's all the Asians and yeah. that's all <laughs> Asian the Asians. dramas and, okay. and animation series <laughs> uh-huh. that we've watched let's, let's also talk about reality TV and uh-huh. some documentary things that does not have a script but to be honest reality TV even <laughs> if they advertise it as a show that doesn't have a script it feels like there is a script, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Like, for example, Terry's House, a very popular reality TV series, like a Big Brother version here in Japan. Yeah. There is a lot of drama. But for me, if I were invited in that house, I probably would just play games, <laughs> drive the fancy car that they've given, go to shopping malls. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to involve myself with drama. Like, I just want to enjoy <laughs> Maybe that's why you've the never been available. <laughs> Ever been involved in a Big Brother type reality TV show? I also like Storage Wars. I would say my favorite documentary ever, hands down, is the show called The Men Who Built America. Oh, why is that? What is it about? It's a documentary from History Channel, mm-hmm. and it focuses on the lives of Cornelius Vanderbilt, John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, and Henry Ford. So the five people who are very influential to the Industrial Revolution in the United States. Oh. Arguably, they changed American society and eventually the entire world. Ah. So it's really interesting. They not only give you tidbits of information, but they also storytell in a way that it it's really engaging and there are a lot of mind-blowing trivia and facts so I really like that I'm, I'm planning to rewatch that again oh that's nice when it comes to reality I like those that involve getting makeovers for the house because I think I like getting ideas yeah and it's therapeutic as well I don't know and it's nice to see right even like arranging stuff like for example Marie Kondo who became very popular mm. I also recently discovered something called the home edit which is again about arranging stuff and then the tiny house nation I think my favorite one is Queer Eye. So it's about five gay men who change the life of someone. Ah. It's not a typical makeover show where you just make over the looks or something. So these five gay men each have their own forte. So one would be really good at renovating the house. So that's the most important part and the most difficult one, I would imagine. And then Mm. there would be someone who would give grooming tips and someone is in charge of clothing. The one that they added in this revival is someone is kind of like a psychologist in a way like tries to yeah. dig into your like a character maybe the reason why he's like that is because he has confidence mm. issues and you know, ah, maybe gotcha, stuff gotcha. like that psychological so yeah yes yeah. so he talks to him and then this moments most of them are very tear-jerking so again with me ah. with all my tears and stuff so that's why it's my favorite yeah. because it's overall it's not just one thing that is made over but it's a lot of things that's really interesting yeah I guess that's it for reality and documentaries. So I think we can stop talking about TV shows and maybe we can talk about just at least one movie that we really Mm, enjoyed this year. Now, obviously, this year has been a very weird year in that there's very few movies that came out in the (laughs) cinema, right? 
Yeah. This is technically a 2019 movie, but they released it in Singapore in January 2020. So the movie is titled Jojo Rabbit. The movie is a comedy drama film and it was written and directed by Taika Waititi. So he was the one who created Thor Ragnarok. So Taika plays Hitler here, but he's not the real Hitler. He's just the imagination of a little boy who is a Nazi. Ah. He really believes in the ideals of Nazism. He feels like Hitler is his friend. So the Hitler in his imagination is not at all like the real Hitler. Meanwhile, his mother is played by Scarlett Johansson. So the kid is a Nazi and he hates Jews. But then one day, suddenly he finds a Jew uh, who is a teenage girl who is hiding inside the wall of his house. So suddenly, Mm. because of that, his foundation is shaken to the core. So I'm not going to tell anything else because that would ruin the film. But it's a really good film. It's very funny in certain parts, but it's also very poignant in certain parts. Mm. It's one of the films that got a lot of rave reviews, not just by the critics, but also by the viewers, which is rare, right? (laughs) Usually what critics praise, viewers were like, ah, it's too serious. But this one, definitely it's worth your time. Wow, sounds good. Jojo Rabbit, I should check that out. And what about you? What's your movie of the year? My movie of the year, it was released sometime late 2019 and we were able to catch it only in 2020. Mm -hmm. And it's this Korean film called Parasite. Oh, yeah, I've heard so many rave reviews about it. It's so good. It's so mind-blowing. So the story is about this Korean family who live in a a basement-type apartment. Mm -hmm. And so they have very low income. They would go into odd jobs to earn money. And their ingenuity, the struggles that they have to do just to make ends meet is the story. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say anything that would the film. Just go watch it, please. Parasite. What kind of genre is it? I would say suspense thriller drama type so it's really heavy I I like it okay in my perspective right it's very believable it can happen in real life and I've even asked my Korean friends, is there a possibility that that story happened in real life? Mm -hmm. And they said that probably it's too much, but the setting, the location, the things that they've done there, Uh there are aspects of it that are still present in Korea right now to this day. The the story is exaggerated, but I kind of thought that, you know, it can happen in real life. So it's like social commentary. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I think that won a lot of awards over the Hollywood stuff. Yeah, and it won not just, you know, one award. It one best picture best screenplay interesting okay i think that's it for the movies yeah anything that requires our eyes to enjoy probably that's it but aside from tv series movies one way to entertain people during the pandemic also is podcasting the one that we're doing right now yeah and i did some digging and apparently podcasting as as a form of media actually started way back in 2004. Oh. So it's like more than 16 years ago. So it started with this guy called Christopher Linden. So he was an ex-New York Times and national public radio journalist. Mm-hmm. And he interviewed internet pioneers, some politicians as well. And after he did the interview, he posted the recordings into his blog for people to download. So technically, it's the first podcast. I see. And when he was asked, hey, why are you doing this? Well, what's the logic behind? And he said everything is inexpensive when doing podcasting Mm -hmm. the tools are available and everyone has been saying anyone can be a publisher anyone can be a broadcaster and so this medium is the way to do it 
And that's how podcasting came to be. I see. Okay. And and it's true, right? You just need a mic and upload it somewhere over the internet and people can download it for free and, and listen to it. It is really accessible. Mm-hmm. And the content itself can be consumed everywhere, unlike watching videos where your attention has to be into one specific thing. But podcast, you can enjoy it at home, even while at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, don't, don't worry. I, I, we, we won't divulge that information <laughs> to your boss. But And even if you're working out. And I think for the most part especially for americans since america geographically is very big and one way to get around places would be driving and when you're driving you just need something to listen to if you want something you're enjoying you're learning while driving is listening to podcasts so that's why this year it has become you know a a very popular choice as well and i think it also became very popular this year because a lot of celebrities they're used to having work to act and all that but they can't because of the pandemic so they suddenly have a lot of free time on their hands so they (laughs) decided to all create podcasts that's why there's suddenly Mm. a boom in podcasts this year and I guess it's the same for us because we're also celebrities. No, we're not. But <laughs> <laughs> So we were also bored like these celebrities. And, you know, we decided why not create a podcast. How, how about you, Dee? When did you start listening to podcasts? And it started in 2016. And then I was watching something on my laptop. And for some reason, because I'm clumsy, I had mm. my arm perched on my bed stand and then it slid off and then I ended up scratching my eye. It was super duper painful and technically nothing happened to my right eye but for some reason if I opened my right eye it made the left eye hurt even more so I could only open it like for a few seconds at a time. So I had to think like okay so how am I going to entertain myself? And I suddenly remembered that a lot of people were raving about this podcast called Serial. Mm. I could open my right eye for a few <laughs> seconds, right? I would just quickly Google Serial Podcast and found their website. And then I played it. And that's how I discovered podcasts. Now, for some people who have never heard of Serial, it's actually an investigative journalism podcast. Mm. In the end, it became super duper popular that it's widely considered to be podcasting's first breakout hit. Mm. So it had like millions of downloads. Wow. What about you? Do you still remember what your first ever podcast was that you listened to? My first ever podcast show that I enjoyed was Masters in Business, produced by Bloomberg. Whoa, okay. Sounds very serious. It was during that time I was studying for uh, CFAs, Chartered Ah. Financial Analyst, so kind of want, wanted to listen to people who are actually in the industry, mm-hmm. tycoons in the industry, people in the academe to talk about the topics that I'm studying. This guy, Barry Ridholtz, mm-hmm. is chief investment officer of his own firm. And then he's interviewing these people, the likes of Richard Thaler, uh, Scott Galloway, Bill Gross. So a lot of people who are prominent in the finance world, mm-hmm. he would ask them questions. It was really cool. I kind of stuck with it since 2015. And until now, I'm still listening to random episodes of that show. But more recently, what rekindled my interest to podcasting is because we started our own as well. <laughs> and I've, I've listened to recent ones, even from Filipinos like ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Langa podcast uh, story of this couple in UAE and oh. their kind of storytelling whatever just under the sun their life in the Middle East so it's, it's really interesting okay. there's also Sustainer Rumble they talk about sustainable developments in the Philippines how we can become uh, you know a green country not producing so much CO2 there's also this show Digestibles which I think you also listen yeah, to it's really yeah fun. I love that show they storytell books that are popular but probably we didn't listen to or we didn't read mm, before yeah. so yeah 
yeah, it's really interesting. And whilst living in Japan, I'm listening to Abroad in Japan and Learn Japanese Pod. So they teach language. But I would say my recent favorite podcast is a show called No Dumb Questions. Oh. And it's a show about an engineer and he talks with his online friend who's a pastor. Okay. So a, a science guy talking to a spiritual guy. Ah. They talk about topics and they really, really go into the deep rabbit hole. And as the show name suggests, there's no dumb questions. Like they can really talk about anything. I see. Okay. I listen to No Stupid Questions, which is not that one. <laughs> it's a different one. <laughs> but it's also about asking questions and they answer it. Mm. Another show that is quite popular is This American Life. So I just like the quality of their show because they're made by professionals. So the music, the transitions and all that, it's just very seamless. So it's really anything under the sun as well. But usually they interview a lot of different people and put all their stories together together some of their episodes inspired how we edit our episodes right ah, yes <laughs> like the Jollibee episode and the shopping episode where we had to stitch interview segments from different people yeah exactly uh, we got some ideas from them although of course it's not completely the same <laughs> we are inspired <laughs> yes we by... are inspired by them and also there is a uh, show called You're Wrong About. They usually discuss some stuff in history and they say that you're probably wrong about this because this is what is popular, but this is actually not what happened. Yeah, yes. I like trivia. Usually when listening to podcasts, I like listening to learn. Like you, right? Mm. But I also like comedy. I guess I like Conan O'Brien needs a friend. So he's <laughs> a funny guy and then he interviews celebrities. There's actually super duper a lot of podcasts about people interviewing celebrities. But because Conan is funny, that's why I like listening to his show. We've talked a lot yes. about <laughs> the things that we enjoyed through TV shows, movies, podcasts. And these are made available through content that's digitally available and they are streamable. And that's why there's a very big probability of us getting hooked. They are very bingeable. Mm -hmm. And if we think about it, why are we so attached with them? Mm -hmm. If we compare it with our old ways of enjoying or consuming content through TV and radio, it's very different because before there were a lot of ads. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I get annoyed with ads. And then it's not on demand. So if you miss it, you're screwed, right? Yeah. And you can't press pause. You can't do anything else. You just really need to get focused. Yeah, that's why if you need to go to the bathroom, you need to like hold it until it's commercial break. <laughs> you make a run for yes, it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> These platforms have improved our experience as consumers of content, not just with the reduction of ads, not just with the on-demand functionality, but also because these platforms have very smart algorithms that they're able to suggest to you things that you might like. Ah. Since you've watched all this and you've enjoyed this, maybe you will like this. Oh, yeah. Because you did not finish these <laughs> movies, then I won't suggest these movies and chances are you know we're able to discover a lot more interesting films that we like because of the algorithm that's built into these digital platforms but what do you think the are the negative side of you know having all these content readily available it probably also influences our behavior or our mm. mindset like you know it's very easy to become a couch potato like maybe ah. in the past you know you would just spend one or two hours in front of the television show and then after that there's nothing else to watch so you're just gonna go outside and play with your friends or something right you can buy soy sauce for your mom right? <laughs> yes Jun Jun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but now suddenly you've spent the entire weekend just in front of the TV. Mm. And also, I think you become a bit more indecisive just because we have so many options. We're spoiled for choice, ah. right? Because we're working from home, we have one hour for lunch break and you say, okay, what should I watch while eating? Next thing you know, you've spent 30 minutes just scrolling. <laughs> you still haven't made a decision. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I don't have time anymore. I'll just pick this random friends episode because I only have 30 <laughs> minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Because we have a lot, it's so hard to decide which one we want. But I guess the last one would be impatience. Even before, right? In the 90s. I remember there was this article that I read saying that millennials were supposedly more impatient now because of the music videos back then in MTV. Because the scenes were too fast. Yeah. But now it's a lot worse, right? Because it's not just those shows, but everything basically is like at your beck and call. Uber. If you want food, you can also do that. You can just order anything. Like yeah. Before, you need to actually go walk or take a jeepney somewhere. And then information. Before, if you wanted information, you have to go to the library yeah. and look for an encyclopedia or something. Now you can just use Google, which is at your fingertips. And now the binging thing. And I have a story about that, that show, The Boys, which I mentioned earlier. So they dropped season two this year, but they decided to not drop the whole season at one go which is what people are used to now. So they drop the first three episodes, I think, and then the rest of the episodes, they drop one per week after that. Mm. A lot of people were so pissed off at that to the point <laughs> that they went and rated it one star just because they were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> the content was still yeah, okay. Yeah, it was still yeah. awesome, but because the delivery. Yeah, they just weren't happy with the delivery system. Like, can you imagine these people? Like, seriously. And, but a lot of people, after a while, they realized though that, hey, actually, this isn't so bad because the problem with binging something that drops, right? Everyone watches the same thing in the span of a week or less. Mm. And then you forget it. But because they did it this way, then every week, you know, everyone would watch the same thing and then they would come back to the sub to discuss the episode. So they realized mm. that, hey, this is actually fun. Like, you have time to think about what could possibly happen next week. Mm. And, you know, you build up excitement. So I think it's really not that bad. That's a good point because before right when, when we talked about Mara Clara the TV series <laughs> people would actually talk about it at dinner time if you're working during lunchtime you would talk about it and theorize mm -hmm. what could happen what will happen what do you think would happen and there's a lot of discussion there's a lot of talking points but what happens now is because you can binge an entire season mm -hmm. You would actually say, hey, don't talk about it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm still watching it. Then you're not actually having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're, you'll have a conversation once everybody's watched it. Then I don't think it will be that detailed yeah. nor it will be that exciting because it's done. You know the ending. You know what it is. And also the problem is, for example, let's say there's a group of friends like us, right? Let's say you are in episode one and I'm in episode three. And then Gemma mm. is like, okay, I will watch that after other things. Because we're all friends, we cannot talk about it even, right? We have to yeah. wait until Gemma, <laughs> like, damn it, Gemma, when on earth are you going to watch it? Because if we talk <laughs> about it, then she will get mad because we're spoiling it for her. So it's not really mm -hmm. as fun. So by the time that Gemma finishes it, you've already forgotten that story because you've already binged mm -hmm. something else. So yeah, I yeah. think that's a disadvantage as well. Yeah. So even though we've spent a lot of time talking about the shows that we've enjoyed, what are the pros and cons? Chances are people may have different views compared to ours. So let's invite our listeners, our cuties, <laughs> to send their comments, their suggestions. What shows did you watch that we didn't discuss in this episode? If you have any suggestions, Questions to us, 
please let us know. Send us a comment. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. What else can they do? Di? Just post it on Facebook or Instagram. That's it for this episode. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Junjun, bye da, Toyo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>